Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with old men and those who live in Big Ben, which is which is the queen. That's where she lives, right right there, right in front of the clock. That's where she sleeps. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. Um, you do anything cool this weekend, Adrian? How's your week been? Just experimenting. Mm. Doing Drugs, science sex? because oh, okay. I absolutely refuse to use the word sciencing and uh, <laughs> adulting. I'm, am I right? Adulting with my sciencing buddies. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna say I was doing an experiment. What about you, Paul? I went to a Medicare for All rally. That was pretty all right. Being in Asheville, the rally was in Asheville, and being in Asheville is always a good time. A lot of, since it was mostly to be there for the rally, I didn't get to do a lot of Asheville things, but mm. walking through, marching through Asheville, and then driving through it, you know, some, some memories of spending time with you there, Adrian, popped up. Oh. Wicked Weed uh, Funkatorium, and it's just like, ah, oh, damn. Uh, the beginning of the march was really close to uh, Cat's Head Biscuit, or Biscuit Head uh biscuits where mm. we'd eaten together um you know just uh dobra tea drove by there um, so many memories so many memories is that it for stuff up top you done no i mean well i don't have a media roundup but i'll I'll give you the chance to go into it i don't have anything either yeah i literally didn't do anything all week i literally just worked it's been a busy one i guess uh let me find the name of it there was a good article i read Part of my media roundup will be uh, recommending uh, the Ballad of the Couchilla bus kidnapping, which is just like a uh, kind Coachella? of Chowchilla. The oh, Ballad okay. of the Chowchilla bus kidnapping. Hmm. It's a uh, it's yeah, it's just a write up of a story of a 1976 uh, kidnapping. I guess it was like a big national and international news at the time. I'd never heard of it. Well, you weren't born yet. That's true, but I, I mean, I've still heard of like other famous kidnappings, like the Sembanese army kidnapping that rich girl um, mm. in the seventies. So I mean, stuff permeates generations. Okay, okay, I feel you. But yeah, it's a it's a good read. It's the type of thing where I feel like almost certainly it's gonna be made into a movie. You want to get to the theme? Yeah, let's do the theme. Anyways, Paul. So uh, how old are you? I'm one hundred. Oh, you look pretty good. Even What's 100. your skincare routine? <laughs> Let me tell you, Adrian, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of lemon juice. Um, You're just making a, a dressing a, for a salad? A nice, <laughs> a nice salt, a nice salt and pepper rub, and done that. <laughs> just one clove of garlic minced. <laughs> one clove of garlic minced, oven preheated at 300, and... You bake your salad dressings? <laughs> no, but I mean... Shut up, Adrian. It's a joke. Mm. It doesn't have to make sense. That's true, famously. But yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm 26. You too, or are you 27? I'm 26. Don't don't insult me like that. Uh, I was hanging I was hanging out with somebody yesterday. This is very relevant to our conversation about being old and aging. Um, and she was telling me about a mutual friend of ours. Um who is 21 uh learning that she's 26 and asking her 
like, whoa, I didn't know you were that old. Do you still party and stuff? <laughs> so we've reached that age, Adrian. There's uh, there's 21, 22-year-olds out there who look at us and they're like, damn. Like, well, you go home to, like, do your embroidery and read before falling asleep <laughs> at 10 p.m.? That's what your nights look like. And they're not wrong. And they're not wrong. That is what my nights look like. <laughs> how about you? How how do you feel about your age? Do you feel like a... Is, is, is that what the hair dye is all about, Adrian? Are you trying to regain your youth? No, I don't think hair dye is youthful. I feel conflicted about it. Because compared to a lot of my friends, I'm younger than them because I started grad school right out of... Uh, college but i've been in grad school long enough where we're getting a lot of people who are much younger than me and so mm. it's uh sometimes i feel very, like the youngest person in the room and am the youngest person in the room and sometimes i'm surprised at how much i am the oldest person in the room and uh i don't like that it's going 50 50 these days i mean what i was gonna say earlier i don't, I don't want to interrupt you but i think i didn't have anything to add to your story although i do um identify with it is i was just trying to think of like oh you know what i do actually have a good story about that which is like I was trying to think of like when I was 21, did I know any 26 year olds and like have a clear perception of them as being old or young? And I remember it being a thing where like my interactions with 26 year olds caused me to think that they were way older than they were, where I'd like one of my friends from Trader Joe's, we were in the break room together and she just randomly started laying down and I was like, hey, what's what's going on? You good? And she was like, oh, yeah, I just have to do this for my back sometimes now. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you're only like five years older than me. What's going to happen to me? And uh, I should have heeded that warning because, boy, the back problems now. When I was in uh, undergrad, there was a 26-year-old in our program. So I would have been like 20 and stuff. I remember thinking he was older, but also still cool. I don't, I don't remember thinking of him as like, oh, he does. I, I wouldn't have thought to ask him, do you still party? I got the five that he that, that's, I, I don't think I would ask that to anybody, really. <laughs> so I think that's a particular of that person, to be honest. But it does really illustrate uh, the whole the whole concept of young people thinking that what we hope is actually still a young age is old. I don't know. I, maybe it's a Charlotte thing. I've actually gotten that question from a few people like, do you party? I think <laughs> do you just, party? <laughs> I think it's supposed to mean do you like... I, do drugs? I, also, I think it's supposed to mean do, like, do you go out and drink? But maybe some people mean it as like, do you drugs? I don't know. I think uh, so. Because do you party? Like, do you go to the pub and have a couple of drinks? Like... Well, I mean, maybe more like clubs or like late on a Saturday versus like going to a brewery on Thursday. But I don't know. Mm. Um, might be a specific of... I've always thought that a lot of people who do use that specific word, like party, to mean like going out are a little bit douchier. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I identify it with the Hannibal Burris bit of like people who do cocaine will find any other way than say cocaine to ask if you do cocaine. Oh, uh, that... Well, you think that's what he was asking when you're 26? Can you Do you guys party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I was like, baby, it only gets proportionally cheaper with your with your amount of income. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It only gets more and more necessary as you gotta go as you go to bed more and more early on most nights. You really gotta use that upper to keep you out late. Are you not gonna talk about the story about how uh, at some point in undergrad people started pointing out that you made a noise whenever you got up out of a chair? Oh yeah, yeah. My roommates did notice that that I'm a. Uh, I'm a real, like, little, like, uh, I make old man groans. Uh, when I get out of chairs, I always give a good, <laughs> and I stand up out of a couch. Um, and I stand by that. It's the best way to get up. <laughs> I, I do a young man thing whenever I get out of a chair. I'm always like, cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> 
you you always do like uh like that thing where your legs like raise up and you like fling out of the couch at a high speed <laughs> exactly makes sense i once sense. watched a an episode of dr oz with my mom where he explained the proper way to ergonomically get out of bed in the morning to make sure you don't like hurt your body as you get older i do the exact opposite of what he said i'm just straight <laughs> up like spazzing like like a fish out of water flinging myself out of bed whenever i wake up in the morning the fuck what is that a real thing you watched or did you make that up for the bit because that <laughs> seems like such an odd thing to have an episode on who's oh, watching that's, that is a very specific memory of mine <laughs> <laughs> speaking of yeah. turkish people who are in medicine and uh biology <laughs> wait that's getting cut <laughs> um yeah, yeah yeah uh my mom uh, used to really like dr oz and i watched that episode with her i mean it wasn't the theme of the episode it was a segment <laughs> of the episode <laughs> the theme of the episode was give me money i'm dr oz that's true his the theme of the episode was the same as every episode which is at least i'm not ben carson <laughs> <laughs> I because they were both in medical because they were both in medical and eventually they're both surgeons. Oh, they were both surgeons. Okay, yeah, because they were both surgeons. I I don't know if I, they think of each other as competitors, but I like that them starting in surgery. A compatriots or I I think Ben Paisanos? Carson was a brain surgeon. What was Doctor Oz? Heart surgeon. Heart surgeon. Ooh, they both had like the real like the ones where you're gonna kill a man if you make a wrong move. That's yeah, crazy. I was about to say that's why if I was gonna be a surgeon, I'd be like a leg surgeon. You got two of them things. You know? yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I would say if I ever fucked up. He'd be like, you got two of them things. You that's know? why I'd be an eyeball surgeon. Same logic. <laughs> that's why I'd be a finger surgeon. <laughs> that's why I'd be a hair surgeon. <laughs> Did I tell you that? I can't. I, I might have to cut this out if I'm if I'm making up this story, but I'm pretty sure my dad was one of those people where like his family did not keep like very good medical records, and so I think his birthday is like a guesstimate of when his mom was pretty sure she had him, and I think he also thought he was like two years younger or older than he was for like most of his life until he saw the actual medical records. Oh, funny. Same with my dad. Um, he has uh, he has two birthdays. My dad has a, well, he he never had the multiple year thing, which is kind of odd because as a, like, you still kind of get the year right. <laughs> like, I mean, they've been doing that for a long time. You don't need to know the exact birthday to know what year somebody was born. <laughs> um, but my dad does have two birthdays. He has, like, his, the day he was born and He's his like the Queen of birthday. England. The Queen of England has two birthdays? Wait, what was the, what, wait, what, what's, what's, what, can you, can you break down your dad real quick? What was that? Um... He has, he has, my dad has two birthdays, like the day he was actually born and the day that's on all his paperwork as his birthday. Just like legally what people put down or before for him? Yeah, or? just like the day he got his birth certificate. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Man, your dad's like a kid with like divorced parents. He gets two birthdays? <laughs> he gets two Christmases? There was he a while where my dad would try that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> just like the opposite of someone who has a leap year birthday who's like i'm 10 <laughs> uh yeah that's so dope um does he have like a spring and winter one or is it like kind of close together they're like kind of close together they're like oh, a okay. month apart all right oh you know what paul i know birthday isn't the theme but how do you feel about having a summer birthday how do you feel about having like a one of those birthdays that you didn't get to celebrate school i didn't mind um i don't remember it ever feeling bad do you think it made it harder for people to remember your birthday? No. Interesting. 
To be fair, I don't remember ever having the expectations that like middle and high school friends would remember my birthday. Mm. I feel like I expected I would have to tell people around the time it was going to roll up. Just like you were like buying uh, billboards and just <laughs> newspaper ads. <laughs> just be like, hey, y'all. Well, I mean, yeah. The- <laughs> Big week next week. <laughs> A little bit more like, hey, it's my birthday coming up. We should do something fun. Uh, uh, I see. Um, I'm I'm also really bad at remembering birthdays, so I can't blame anybody. Like, no offense, Adrian. I, I forget yours. I don't like have it on file y- in my yours brain. Yours is written on my notes app. That's how I remember it. Well, you, you did mention that it's a summer birthday, so you do remember it somewhat. Because I wrote it in my notes app. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And you had it recently. <laughs> Same thing with Phil. I have to write his in my in my uh, notes, otherwise I won't remember it. But for some reason, people had, uh, like, uh, Mark Hubbard, uh, Mark, uh, February 6th, birthday. Remember it? Because we would usually have it at school. Mm. Mm. Hunter, also a summer birthday. And one time, in, like, third grade, he invited me to a party. And it had a, a little card and everything. You know, this is back in the old days. Kids, kids now aren't going to relate to this, but, yeah, uh, you just get a back Facebook in the day where you had fight. to, <laughs> back when you had to actually send cards to people, uh, it was a card that said, let's have a party and had a date. And I was like, okay, cool. I will go and show up to this party. And obviously my parents didn't know anything about Hunter. So I showed up to the party and I did not realize that it was for his birthday. So I was the only kid there without a gift, which, God damn, what a way to make the Guatemalan in the group seem even poorer. <laughs> um, and what his parents did when I told them what had happened, I think I talked to Miss Amy about it when I was uh, like freaking out or whatever. Uh, she let me bring out his big gift, which was a new bike, um, and say that it was from both of us, which was very cute. <laughs> I farted then- <laughs> with this. Yeah. I've partnered with this young Guatemala child to get you. A- <laughs> it's 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 a government program. <laughs> if you've known the Guatemala child for at least three years, <laughs> she gave me ten cents a day to invest in this bike. <laughs> um, and then I later went and bought Hunter uh, or my parents bought him a gift after I asked him what he actually wanted for me to get him. But um, oh yeah. my god. A story that I vividly remember of just being like very George Costanza. I was like, it didn't say birthday anywhere on the card. It just said, let's have a party. Choose your cards better if you want people to give you a gift. But yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I have a strong association with like people with summer birthdays being the hardest to remember that they have birthdays. Dude, I don't know why. That was such a funny thing for her to do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was sensible. I think if if this was like an advice column, I think she did exactly what you were supposed to do. <laughs> Pretend. <laughs> It's like Adrian and I went 50-50 on this bike. We split it right down the middle. I feel like we made this theme into birthdays and not aging. (laughs) I think we should get back on track. Paul, when was the last time you had the thought, gee, I'm getting old? Oh, when I twisted my ankle basically doing nothing last week. When you were practicing your juking moves? When I was, was, yeah, when I was practicing, I like to put on on Chicago uh, footwork videos on YouTube and try my best (laughs) to do the moves. And when I twisted my ankle doing that. I kind of realized I needed to slow it down a little. That's why I do Bangra Funk instead of a Chicago Juke. You're going to blow your ankles out doing that. We've recommended it before, but let's recommend it again. B-Funk, YouTube, check out the Jalebi Baby dance video. Some great Wait, have we recommended it before? Was that Rachel's episode? We've recommended it before. I can't remember when, like a while ago. Oh, okay. I think yeah. when you first found it. Maybe. I feel like I wouldn't talk about it on pod at that point. I felt like I was still like unsure whether or not it was a weird pleasure. <laughs> a weird pleasure to watch Indian dance videos on YouTube? 
Yeah, they're all just having so much fun together. Uh, yeah, twisting your ankle kind of makes you feel old. I feel like every injury kind of makes you feel old, right? Um, because it's like, that wouldn't have happened to me as a child. I never broke a bone as a child. Did you? Nope, first one was a uh, sophomore year of college. Oh yeah, when you broke your collarbone. Did that make My you clavicle. feel old that you couldn't take a when you couldn't take a car to the bike to the face anymore? <laughs> yeah, it really made me feel old. I was like, damn, I'm not as invincible as I used to be. Um I remember one time you saying that to me, and I think you've mentioned that you've dealt drugs before on the podcast, that's okay to mention. Yeah, sure. Like in in college. Yeah, so I remember one time we were uh I was like Man, you ever get worried uh, dealing that, like, you know, you're going to go to jail or the cops are going to, like, ruin your life over this? And I think your, your quote was, nah, I feel invincible. <laughs> like, just <laughs> literally that. <laughs> Young baby. Can you imagine? Nowadays, I'd be all, well, I've calculated the risks and the cost-benefit analysis. And uh... I remember that tickling me a weird amount. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you said it tongue-in-cheek knowing that it sounds silly, but it was still funny. All right. You want to get to the articles? Um, Yeah, let's jump into them. All right. On another day, we'll do this theme again, because I feel like we left a lot on the table, but I think that's enough to get us through to the first part of the episode. <laughs> People need to hear our, our takes on being old. I don't know. There's interesting things. We're at like that real, we're at the real precipice where we're just now starting. Like I can see probably many people who I know who are older than me being like rolling their eyes and be like, "It only gets worse, boys." If you only knew. Oh yeah, I don't really see myself as old, so that's the funny part of when life reminds you you are aging. You oh know? yeah. Like my big thing is that in the beginning of quarantine, when I was really sedentary, I developed back problems that I still haven't fully overcome yet. And nothing makes you feel older than just being like, "Oh my back." I can't lift this honey beehive. My back ain't good. My back ain't all types of not good. Just like, oh, my neck, my back, my pussy, and my crack. Wait, what's that? <laughs> what's, <laughs> what are you on about, Adrian? Wait, what's, what are you on about, mate? <laughs> my neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. Uh, all right, Paul, do you want to go first or second? Um, I don't mind either way, but I think I'll go second this time. Ooh, okay. Yeah, all right, sounds good. This one has a long answer, so I might have to cut it on the fly, but it's a really simple premise. It's a very simple question, and this has to do with aging in multiple ways, about becoming a, a, an adult and what comes along with that, and then as well as having kids as you age and then having kids that also age. So I think this really encompasses the theme of aging quite well. And this is coming from our boy Troy Patterson over at Gentleman Scholar from Slate. Dear Gentleman Scholar, I have a three-year-old who, in a year or so, should become quite capable of mixing alcoholic drinks. Should I make an attempt at bringing to life this small part of the Mad Men universe? Signed, Arcadi. And shout out to the undergrad that I taught who taught me how to pronounce the name Arcadi. <laughs> um... That's it? That's really it? That's the question, yeah. Uh, wait, is your undergrad named Arcadi, or were you working with them in the lab when you found this article, and they were like, that's how you pronounce it? No, this name. was uh, someone I taught a few years ago whose name was Arcadi, oh, okay. and he taught me the very valuable lesson of uh, when you're like doing the role for the first time and you don't know how to pronounce everyone's name, just go for the pronunciation that actually sounds like a name. 
So uh, don't say Arcady like I did, because no one's named Arcady. Just say Arcady. <laughs> but, okay, my take. Absolutely, yes. This type of stuff, I think, is actually, like, it's being asked in a way where it seems like they think it's a ridiculous idea and it's kind of a joke, but I legitimately think maybe four is too young because they're going to spill shit everywhere, but I legitimately think it's not <laughs> a they're bad too idea messy. to, like... Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea to, like, encourage your kids to be a part of, like, stuff adults do, even if they're not, like, old enough to actually drink themselves. Four is um, too young because they just don't understand math and measurements. Like, you could definitely do the thing where you show them that, like, a shallow, wide container and a tall, skinny container have the same volume if you pour the liquid back and forth. Like, their mind would still be blown by that. Maybe they shouldn't be mixing cocktails. So, wait, what age do you think you could start? Because you said four was, four was a little too young. So, what age for you would be like? You know what? I would start them how my uh, family started, uh, how my family started me down uh, this type of stuff, which was uh, go in Lebanon and buy cigarettes and uh, alcohol for them from the uh, corner stores. Mm. Um, that's a good way to, to get them initiated to the idea that they have to kind of be your servant and help. Yeah, it's a cool vibe. From there, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine. If they're advanced, if they're a smart kid, 10 or 11, if they're a little bit of a clumsy moron. A little yeah. slower. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think uh, uh, all seriousness, I actually like, I hope, but I know sometimes we give silly answers. I really don't think it's a big deal to get your kids involved in something like that. Um, I don't know if you do, Adrian. I know sometimes uh, when it comes to child raising, sometimes we have different opinions. Okay, I was just saying that, uh, I mean, my dad was a bartender when he was like 12 or 13 or whatever, and like he was capable to do the job, so they're, they're certainly capable of it. It's more about the, if anyone has like a moral question around it, which I don't think there should be. I mean, obviously, the this big thing is like it's about a kid, right? Because like I, I do know that my friend Patrick, my freshman year roommate, uh, his dad trained him on how to make Manhattans the way that he liked him uh, when he was a kid. Not when a kid, when he was a high schooler, which I think at that point, there's really no question like about whether or not it's like immoral. Like that's just like, you know. Get your kid to do mm. some work for you. And similarly, you actually famously, before you were technically legally supposed to be able to, worked as a bartender for private parties. <laughs> I did that once. Yeah, but it's still fun. <laughs> still fun. Still I was fun really story. Good, I was a really good server. What, what What was the drink menu that night? Um, I had to make eggnog from scratch and put rum in it. And then I was serving beers. And then I was also making cocktails for people and serving wine. And, uh, I was so, I did not realize I was going to be making alcoholic drinks. So a guy at the party asked for a screwdriver and I knew what it was just from word of mouth, which is orange juice and vodka. But I was literally so new to making drinks. I poured vodka and orange juice together without any ice and just gave it to him. Awesome. Uh, just and a then there warm was screwdriver. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> and then there was the other guy where I like, I think I was into bar rescue at the time. So I knew like I saw the pours and how you're supposed to do the pours. And so one of the old guys asked me for a cranberry vodka and I made it. And then he asked me for another one. He was like, this time put some vodka in it. And I was like, sir, that's one serving size. <laughs> but sir, I just took alcohol EDU. <laughs> <laughs> but sir, one per hour. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a, that was a wacky night. Um, I remember the piano player being very nice. I would come up to him every now and then, asking him if he wanted more wine, and I think he only accepted once or twice. He was very in the zone. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to fuck that up. I think that's the only time I've served alcohol as a as a as a youngster. I, I went 
Um, because my friend Drake was in a band, I was able to get into a bar underage because I just went as part of like his posse or crew, or whatever. And so we got like a couple of drinks uh, at a at a bar down in Five Points um, prior to when I was twenty one. Because uh, in general, as an undergrad, I understand that I looked very young and I was not trying to uh, try try going anywhere underage. And then I turned twenty one and realized that I could. You really can get a a lot of places in even the way that I look, just the, through confidence. Okay, so we, should we focus more on this question at all? It was a short one. I think we knocked it out of the park. Yeah, let your kid do it. As soon as they're like, have the dexterity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or make them prepare it in a, in a sippy cup mixer. Yeah, have you seen those like GIFs uh, online where like people will train their dog with like a string on their refrigerator to like grab them a beer? No, I haven't seen those videos. That sounds delightful, though. Yeah, it's really popular. I think it's another one where like... That's like the airsats uh, version of it for millennials who don't have kids. But um, I think training a toddler to go to the fridge and get a beer for you is tight. My <laughs> so, fur baby. Could you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so actually, I brought up that point because I wanted to make the distinction between training your child to get you a beer and like actually teaching your child to like, you know, muddle, shake a egg white to make it frothy. Yeah. Fucking like strain. Like all of that's like really useful skills to like learn just how to like basic mixology and cooking. Yeah, for sure. I guess that would uh, not enough people learn how to cook. You know what I mean? As children, uh, I feel like uh, that's something. That's what I've always said, Paul, is that not every child can make a great Manhattan, <laughs> but a great Manhattan can come from any child. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> All right. Should we jump into the answer for this one? Yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna cut out most of it, but we'll see. I'll try and distill what the gentleman scholar says. Although I would hate to do so. I'm sure he'd be very offended that I'm trying to um, distill his very carefully chosen verbiage and prose. But here we go. As always, he starts by thanking you for your question, Arkady, which is one I've been asking myself of late, given our two-year-old's interest in aping behavior as a witness in the kitchen. I soon enough came to the recognition that my discomfort as a reflex was conditioned by our culture's hypocritically selective association of liquor and sin. I began to reason that being straightforward with the child about adult beverages would be more helpful and healthy than building a strong taboo around booze. I hatched a plan to train the kid to make my evening cocktails, a fine way to teach mathematics, anesthetics, and moderation, and useful preparation for the somewhat more important and notably more dangerous task of making my morning coffee. I sense a chorus of skulls assembling, but what about the children? Well, what about them? What are the long-term consequences of muddling mommy's old-fashioned? Lacking the resources to mount a proper study with a statistically significant sample size, uh, I tried the next best thing, interviewing veterans of the children's mixology circuit. I discovered two, both level-headed and professionally successful, neither a big-time drinker, a father of two in his early 40s and a mother in her late 20s. Each developed martini-making skills at about seven or eight years old, which tends cre- which lends credence to my working theory that you can't teach a kid to make a quality drink until she reaches the age of reason. I offer the letter writer with his three-year-old my regrets and counsel patience. I met the former while he was grabbing a beer in the bar not far from where he grew up, in Brooklyn Heights, preparing his parents' regular evening libation. You know, you take a little sip and you, as you deliver it, and I kind of developed a taste for it. I guess I drank a lot more in high school than a lot of people, but that was just New York in the 1980s, baby. You never get carded. Having settled down in every sense, stirred well and poured clean, he thinks it is an obligation to teach his 11 and 7 year old sons that alcohol is not about beer funnels and doing 20 shots. They pour wine, for now, having developed a nose, if not a taste for it. Has he taught them to make martinis? Oh no, my parents had a nightly martini thing and I couldn't or shouldn't do that. A martini for me is a treat, but they'll get there. 
My other subject developed her skills as a pint-sized bartender growing up in the North Shore of Chicago. She agreed to meet to discuss the phenomenon and suggested a rendezvous at the Algonquin, where I found her sipping a Diet Coke in the lobby lounge, slightly perplexed that anyone would think twice about the matter. Is this very odd? Do parents just want people to be 16 and swigging peach snops in somebody's basement? That's setting them up for failure. I think there's something important about teaching my kid that things can be done well. All her experience came making pre-dinner martinis when her parents had people over. It made me feel like I had a role in my parents' parties, and an important role of participating directly in something that gave people pleasure. Much better than putting away coats. She recalled a martini recipe involving a cap full of vermouth and two tiny fists worth of gin. Unlike my other source, who by middle school had begun parlaying his home bartending experience into paying jobs working neighbors' parties, she got out of the game at the age of 14. It used to be that this was part of her act. That whenever a guest would lean down to ask the little girl what she wanted to drink, she would say, Scotch on the rocks, and it would be so cute and everyone would laugh. Then came the evening when she tried the same line and someone handed her a glass of Duars. It's the kind of thing, she noted, that only works as charming affection until you're in your early teen years. But until your kid skulks off to the bedroom, take advantage of those precious few years of adorable docility to impart an important lesson of hospitality. Interesting, I didn't realize he was doing field research for this. All right, well, that was that was a pretty good article. Again, no complaints from me. All right, Adrian, this week I'm bringing in I'm bringing in a classic antagonist in the in the big facts no cap lore and mythos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm bringing in Ask Polly, although not from the cut. I don't know if this is before it's from the cut or the AWL just reposts her uh, advice columns without permission. But I'm bringing in it is early. It's Ask 2013. Polly. Yeah, from 2013, so maybe she uh, took Ask Polly from the all to the cut um, at some point. I'm not sure what the uh, narrative is. I'm, it might have been another one of those brutal takeovers. You know, this was her much younger. She's presumably aged till now. Maybe this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a two for one yeah. deal. Also, here. maybe this is we, back we when she some. was naive and nice and <laughs> a good person. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be like 90% of this is us seeing if she just attacks the question <laughs> writer, as we do expect her to do. Um, the, the the title of this article is, I'm almost 30, and I'm terrified of losing my looks. And then there's a picture of a, a statue that is aged and has like, uh, not mold, what is it? Like moss, yeah, moss growing all over it. It's actually quite a good picture. Mm. Yeah, but it, I, I guess that's kind of a beautiful metaphor, right? Because it's like, it's not how the statue was intended to be, but there, there's like a certain beauty in uh, mm-hmm. in time and a weathered look. I'll say, and he's into MILFs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now I know why you watched Cougar Town. I watched it because I, I, I like the Scrubs <laughs> connection. But... All right, so uh, let's just jump into the question. Dear Polly, I'm a woman who will soon be 30. I am terrified of watching my physical beauty deteriorate over the next decade. I'm conventionally attractive. I don't believe that being pretty translates to any tangible social power, but I do get positive attention from people which I enjoy. I love being gazed at. I don't mean street harassment or anything like that, but the way that people of all genders get these dreamy and (laughs) enraptured looks on their faces when they see me. I think beauty has some magical quality to it, and it makes me feel alive. When I look at myself, too, I sometimes get the same sensation as when I behold an emotionally stirring work of art, shimmering, crackling, breathless. There truly is nothing like a beautiful face. And so, the prospect of losing this, and I know I will lose it, everyone does, fills me with such crushing dread. 
I take care of myself as best as I can in terms of a healthy lifestyle and sunscreen. But I know that every day that goes by, I am aging and ultimately powerless to stop it. I don't have much faith in the ability of cosmetic procedures to keep my face looking exactly the way it does now, so that option is of little comfort. It's like I've been given this precious gift with the stipulation that it will be yanked away from me before my life is even halfway over. I don't know how to cope with this. I have horrible moments now in which I see older women around me and feel a visceral sense of disgust and pity, obviously a projection of my own fears. The prospect of looking older is sometimes so intolerable that I sometimes plan ways to commit suicide in the future. Because I realize this sounds slash is crazy, I looked into a treatment program for body dysmorphic disorder. I was told, however, that I don't qualify because I don't currently hate my appearance. I started seeing a therapist and psychiatrist, but neither diagnosed me with anything. They essentially said that most women have these concerns, and I'll probably age well anyway. The psychiatrist offered to prescribe a sleeping pill if the thoughts kept me awake at night. The therapist suggested that I read feminist literature. My mother, told me, <laughs> my mother told me I must have things pretty good if I could spend so much time fixating on my future face. Do you have any advice? Signed, Dorian. Man, that's crazy. Uh, she got rejected from a treatment for body dysmorphic disorder because she was she didn't hate the way she looked. Um, currently, yeah, I remember I also applied, and they were like, "Nah, you're just being accurate, dude." They were like, "Yeah, you're." <laughs> 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 no, dude. Honestly, I kind of hope Polly goes off of his bitch. <laughs> oh, really? I, th this person is so. I mean, are you kidding me? I look at my face, and it's like a piece of art, and like. I don't think there's any social capital in beauty, but also it's a magical power. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this person on about? Yeah, I mean, they're clearly an insane fucking weirdo. I will say, good writing. I do think their description of their own beauty, there's pros there. There's, there's I mean, good that's good. That, that we don't usually see from questions. That was afterwards. going to be my yeah. advice is like, if you're so worried about your face deteriorating, have other things about yourself that you like that you can, that aren't going to age over time in the same way. But. Uh, she's got one. Her writing skill is pretty good. Um, also, no, I mean, I agree that she sounds annoying as hell, but it does seem so extreme that you do think it's like, I mean, maybe it's not this body dysmorphic disorder because she doesn't currently hate her body. So they just kicked her mm -hmm. out. But it does seem like it must be, it could be something else like it just feels extreme enough that it should be labeled a like mental health disorder. I mean, she considered committing suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this definitely falls into the territory of like, even if it's unique, if it's unique, how extremely she takes this. I don't know. This is horrifying. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think that they need a bit of a reality check along with more more of the therapy that they're already seeking. But I wouldn't mind if Polly did a little bit of a reality check. But that's the thing. I think Polly doing a little bit of a reality check would just be the same as what her therapists are trying, which is just like the lightest touch you would do for somebody who made like a little joke on their 30th birthday about how they're becoming an old hag. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, ha 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 ha. Like, you know, why don't you just read some feminist literature? Well, don't worry about it. You'll age well. Like, it seems way too flippant for how extreme her... Uh her situation seems. My, my advice to her is go ahead and start picking out the stray cats that you like in the neighborhood because you're going to be a lonely-ass cat lady. Because your looks are fading, girl. <laughs> you have reached the arbitrary age of 30, and it's all downhill from there. 
True, true. She's very flippant about the fact that, like, she might... I don't know, that she's definitely going to find herself ugly, or mm-hmm. that she could salvage her looks in any way, mm-hmm. <laughs> or that there might be, like, a graceful way to age and look, uh, you know, distinct and refined rather than horrid. Should we go ahead and do the big facts, no cap, picks, or get out? We need to know if you're actually as attractive as you're claiming. That you is true. That is true. I want I want her to send a picture of herself and the Mona Lisa, and I want to randomize it, and I want to have to figure out which one's the work of art and which one's her face. That's what I want her to do. <laughs> Has she thought about making sure that everybody around her is very disfigured and ugly as she ages so that she still maintains her status as the most beautiful person around? Oh, okay. That's a good, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. She should do a Twilight Zone pig people episode. True. She she should do that. Everyone knows what that means. I know the episode, and I still <laughs> don't exactly know what you mean. <laughs> Make everyone... Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, yeah. so it can be relative. No, if she it learned the relative. lesson of that episode, then she wouldn't be worried about this. She should do that <laughs> okay. other episode where the guy breaks his eyeglasses <laughs> right when he has time to read because the world ended, and now she can't see what her face looks like. True. Also, has she heard of photographs? She can like her whole thing about ha- wanting to look at herself to oh, appreciate yeah. her own beauty. Like, th- there's gonna be records of what you look. Her favorite like. song is that song by Nickelback. He- here, here's um, I, I, what's interesting to me in that I think also kind of agrees with your analysis of it being like a very deep uh, mental issue that she has is that I am interested in, in that she talks about like she likes the way that people generally look at her, but there's no romantic component to this. It's nothing like you know. It's mm. no like. I want other people to, I, th- I think she has like a general, like, I like being able to go out and people just like kind of like looking at me a lot yeah. because they appreciate my beauty, but there's no romantic element to it. There's no like, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to find a person or I'm already married and I'm worried my husband's going to leave me. It's all just kind of like, this is how I view myself and I'm afraid of losing how I view myself. Yeah, yeah. It's it's less vapid in social media feeling and a lot more like weird art house movie. Yeah. For sure. Feeling in the way it's asked. It, it's it's not a Transformers, Michael Bay. It's not a Michael Bay movie. It's definitely an A24 movie. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's a weird, like, metaphorical scene at the end that you have to Google, like, end of movie, what it means. You have to watch some, like, 20-minute like, YouTube videos d- where they break down <laughs> what the ending exactly. means. Exactly. Like, where she turns to dust and blows away in the wind, and you're like, what the fuck that happened? That, <laughs> there's no magic in the rest it's of the movie. It's actually an allegory for body dysmorphia disorder. <laughs> Oh, you're telling me she's just going to slowly turn into a lobster? That doesn't fucking make sense. What's that? She becomes a statue with moss on her face? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I think you reeled me in. I'm not angry at this person anymore. I I think they probably legitimately are are suffering in a way, but... um... Yeah, it seems more like a tragedy, like a a, a mythic tragedy, than like a vapid person I want to be upset at. (laughs) How do you feel about... Do you think you're going to be more dignified? In age, Adrian, how do you feel about your your looks and your age? Uh, wait, your dad is your biological dad. That is my biological dad. Yeah, how do you feel about growing to look like him? Or or do you think you will, or do you think you'll grow to look more like men in your mom's side of the family? I look more like my mom. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about that? I think, to quote uh, what we said off-pod about the new Lil Nas X song, to quote Jack Harlow, uh, I didn't peak in high school, I'm only getting cuter. And I think that's going to be true for... if any, if. What people have told me about how they're how they perceive my parents is that I'm only to get more adorable as I age. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely true. I mean, you've always been adorable, yeah. but now you're like adorable and uh, 
And you got like a charm to you now. Mm. It, it's not just like I, I think high school Adrian. You just want to pick, pinch him on the cheek. There's a <laughs> there's a there's a little bit more adult charm to you mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And then Paul's just gonna get hairier. <laughs> hairier everywhere other than my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good look. I'm gonna be like the opposite of a troll doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> no complaints here, brother. If I had one complaint, is that it's that I wish you weren't so tall, so that you could definitely shrink to like the size of like um, Jasmine's dad, the Sultan. Like, if you were that size <laughs> when you were older, like that'd be really dope, dude. That would be <laughs> I would start dressing like that. That's a breezy outfit. That's that's cozy. You could get a lot of wind. Honestly, I think I need to start dressing like that. I think, uh, well. I had an issue today where I was out beekeeping in like 100 degree weather and the sun was beaming right into the truck that we had, which uh, has leather seats. And the pants that I use are, because it's hot, very thin. So I went to go into the truck and sat on it and literally like jumped out of my seat and jumped out of the truck because I was like, oh my, that's so fucking hot. And I have like a, a, a millimeter of material between me and this leather. This is such a weird connection, but I'm just thinking of the Mario level from the end. Exactly, yeah. Whenever he touches the lava and he's like, (laughs) and he flies up like 10 feet in the air, that was exactly what it was. (laughs) That's that's how I saw it in my mind's eye. Um, So other than issues like that, I I truly agree that it's it's funny to me that like people have to be explained how hot weather clothing in other parts of the world works. Where they're like, why aren't they just wearing a bikini if it's hot out? It's like, no, you still need to protect yourself from the sun. You still need to be covered. You just use light yeah, material. For sure. yeah. All right, should we jump into the answer? Do it. Dear Dorian. Oh, do you think this is written in by Dorian Electra? I was going to say that might have been the solution to it was if you're not going to age into like a beautiful uh, femininity, just go envy mm. and be just like a beautiful enigma instead. An enigma wrapped in a riddle, shrouded in mystery. Oh. Dear Dorian, I wish you'd attached a photograph so I could gaze upon the emotionally stirring work of art that is your head. Holly, I like that she's starting this off with horny energy. I don't know how else to conjure the emotion that's required of me at this moment. What are you going to lose exactly when you get older? Even when I picture you as Giselle, I remain unmoved. The enraptured gazes, the crackling, shimmering, whatever. It's so hard to imagine. It makes me tired just thinking about it. Adrian is Giselle. Is Giselle a literary reference? I don't get. No, Giselle's a supermodel. She's like a Victoria's Secret, like you know. Oh, okay. Super famous uh, supermodel. Well, that makes me feel better and less embarrassed. You say (laughs) Giselle's a football player. That's why you don't know her, (laughs) Paul. You say there's truly nothing like a beautiful face. That statement makes me imagine a giant plate of delicious nachos, a good book, and a cold beer. It makes me think about dogs with weird personalities and funny children. It makes me think about the sound of rain on the roof when you're taking a nap. I also agree that a beautiful face is not the most truly beautiful thing in the world, but none of the things she listed is more, is better than a beautiful face. Nachos, I've said this before, not a good dish. Just not, never well constructed. Never satisfying. Fuck nachos. But the, the, the ingredients are never evenly distributed. It's, the well, that's why people make sheet pan nachos, where it's not like high, it's like very wide. And you can still get a better nacho, but even then, like, it's still not the best dish. Like, I'd rather just have mm. not chips with a side of queso or something going uh, as, as like an appetizer. A good book, you know what's better than that? A great book. <laughs> a cold beer on a hot day, that is actually, there, there are times where I would take that over a beautiful face. 
Yeah, okay. Dogs with weird true. personalities. Uh, I don't, no. I don't, I don't fuck with INTJ dogs. I'm just gonna say that right now. <laughs> I don't fuck with dogs that are like banging their heads to Kid Cudi during a party instead of like going around meeting people. My dog's an introvert. It needs to spend time alone to recharge <laughs> like a battery. <laughs> funny children never met one. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, children aren't funny. The only funny thing about them is laughing at them, not with them. Fucking stupid ass. The kid. sound of rain on the roof when you're taking a nap in the afternoon. Why is she pretending she lives in a favela with a tin roof? We know you ain't fucking hearing the rain in your house, Polly. She lives in the favela. <laughs> Pretty faces can go fuck themselves if your dick's big enough. Compared to peanut, compared to peanut butter cups. AJ, I haven't read that part yet, so it sounds like you just had a stroke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, read that and then. <laughs> Okay, okay, let me continue reading the answer. Pretty faces can go fuck themselves compared to peanut butter cups. If none of that makes sense to you, then let me just say this. Your priorities... You know what that whole paragraph was? That was a timestamp for it being 2013. Because I don't think anybody mm -hmm. would write some bullshit like that paragraph today. That is so epic Reddit bacon right there. Like, yeah. <laughs> peanut butter cups are my fave. I'm quirky. Who needs love when I can have peanut butter cups? I can has peanut butter cups? <laughs> <laughs> if none of that makes sense to you, then let me just say this. Your priorities very, are That is very true. Change. That's 2013. Because if that were right now, it would be almond butter cups or cashew butter cups. Mm -hmm. Your priorities are going to change drastically. Even if you keep living in this bizarre airless room where you gaze at yourself all day like the evil queen in Snow White, there is a reason they make fairy tales with big, important lessons about vanity. You're still going to mature over the next decade and find that all this pretty face bullshit just doesn't have the weight that it once did. Not even to you. In the meantime, though, you really need to find something else to occupy your mind. You don't sound stupid, but you do sound extremely bored and very depressed. The world is so much more engaging and incredible than you're making it seem. What's kept you in this two-dimensional realm of the mirror? Who's trapped you there? What's at stake? Are you lonely? Do you feel like you're running out of time to find love? There's something else in this picture that you're not addressing. Mm. And without knowing more, I can't tell you that much. You should definitely find a therapist who's interested in delving into this question with you, who seems determined to dig through all of the dimensions of what you're experiencing. Uh -oh. hey, Typo Polly! Wrong your baby. Wrong your. Mostly I have to tell you that time doesn't run out as fast as you think. Most women I know looked like they were 29 for about a decade, honestly. And yes, things change in your 40s. But mostly, if you're living right, you just want more time to do stuff. Even when you start to have to make adjustments to the tired-looking woman in the mirror, you find ways to love that person too. The hideous old face you imagine now isn't yours. The face that is yours might disappoint you sometimes. But it won't be as devastating as you think. You need to listen to that Alanis Morissette album. The one where she thanks India and proclaims that she'll be good even if she gains 10 pounds. Alanis is just the ticket for you right now. She'll make you see how poisonous your superiority complex is. You may hate the old, ugly person you think you'll become because you're not sure what else you have to offer besides your face. You should dedicate yourself to becoming someone whom you'll feel proud of without or without the shimmering and crackling. That's uh, that's another another mistake, Polly. You're on watch. Okay, I couldn't tell if that was like a clever usage of like flipping. No, that was not colorful language. language. That was a bad edit. Haven't you ever met anyone who wasn't conventionally attractive, but who was incredibly charismatic and enviable? 
If not, you really need to get out more. Instead of gazing at your own heart-stopping face, you should throw out your mirror and dedicate yourself to something that feeds your soul and makes you feel even more alive than, I don't know, admiring your own image? It's a bad habit. She's obsessed with talking about mirrors. Like, I get it's a good metaphor for vanity, but like, just chill out. She's, she's on, she's on Disney-level writing. She's got she's to rely on those symbols. And apparently, it makes you feel powerless because you're getting off on something you feel you're about to lose. Here's the truth, and you're just going to have to trust me on this. You're not nearly as old or as beautiful as you think you are. And there it is! <laughs> the classic advice columnist advice. Just the negging. Just, all right, honey, I guess. I also love the, uh, everything before, objectively true. But you're going to have to trust me on this one. This one takes a leap of faith. <laughs> I've been spitting all facts before, but this one's going to be one that's going to be a little bit 50-50. And even if you are the most ravishing woman alive, I'd advise you to imagine instead that you are very young and very plain. Then walk out into the world and be a regular person among other regular people with your whole life ahead of you. You'll be surprised at how good that feels. You pity the old ladies. What you don't know is that they pity you even more. They know what a burden you're carrying around. And they know how bad it makes you feel to think of losing this thing that's actually crutch that keeps you from maturing and connecting with the real world. You know how sometimes as advice people say like, no, people don't think about you as much as you mm-hmm, think they're thinking mm-hmm. about you. I like that Polly did the opposite of everyone who looks at you, you is thinking about you very deeply and are concerned for you. I know you're just being honest. I don't want to give you shit for that. I just think you need to get a bad haircut and eat a big piece of cherry pie and join the rest of us. When you do, you'll see the truth at last. Life is beautiful. Pretty faces. They're just a dime a dozen. And there's a picture of Polly with her cats. Okay. Uh, she's got one one pretty big boy. It's a chonky boy, like yeah. Him. Um. Okay, Paul, how do you feel about that answer? That very long-winded answer. Um. You know, it wasn't as uh, horrid as the last Polly answer we read. But, yeah, I don't know. There's still, like, I think everything we said while we were reading it, there's some, like, odd parts. She's not my favorite advice column. This yeah, time. I kind of have to agree. All right, Paul. Any last comments on this? Do you you think this is an article where we need a a female perspective or do you think this just applies? Do you think that we need a, do you think we needed a beautiful person's perspective on this one? Yeah, I think we should have gotten a beautiful person's perspective. Like I said, we could have brought on Adam. He was in high school. I don't know if he's uh, grown past it, afraid of, uh, of his looks eventually leaving him. Mm. His 10 out of 10 bod. That's true. And his two out of ten face. I'm joking. <laughs> You're beautiful. That's true. You That's true. I remember talking to freshman year about being worried about having a fat dad and how those uh, habits are going to like fuck up his life later on. <laughs> All right, Adrian. So, are you ready to get into our third segment? Um. Yeah, it's a somber third segment, but let's get into it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, what are we here to apologize for, Adrian? I apologize for messing up the audio that turned into the bad audio bonus. I apologize for messing up the audio that became the one with the good audio, where because Paul and I are now busy, we can't make a bad audio bonus again. We just have to roll with what we have. And I apologize for getting too drunk during Rachel's episode, and along with Rachel, because we went shot for shot, uh, where both of us got so drunk (laughs) that we couldn't really uh, salvage that episode. So I have ruined three episodes, and as Paul has already noted... There was also an episode that came out where um, my LaCroix that opened uh, really fizzed into the mic. And I don't think that one's as big of a deal. That one kind of like was salvageable. 
but I have I have ruined, in my opinion, three episodes of our podcast because I couldn't just record good audio quality. And I ruined this episode that you're listening to, but Adrian got back up because we usually have one in the tank, a second a super secret second episode in case we ruin one to put out. Um, but this week we'd already put out our special one in the tank for the episode with Rachel that we ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got something messed up with my audio from last week. A bunch of crackly sound that I was hanging out with my friend Snap, Crackle, and Pop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That got all up in the mic. Um, I think you might have been able to hear it a little bit at the end of the first segment. And then everything after the first segment was unsalvageable. So everything with that Ask Polly segment we just did was uh, a re-record this two nights before the episode is released our first re-record it maybe if uh if more people subscribe to the patreon and this was our full-time job we would never have to like really finagle things like this together we'd have the time to just you know do this full-time but for right now exactly we're doing it for free i gotta work my day job in the in the coal mining factory and i gotta i gotta mine those bees out of the uh bee mine um so i'm doing that all day yeah, yeah, yeah so um you know how hard it is to operate a mic with city hands it's not easy yeah you know how hard it is to podcast with a, a bee lung what you get from the bee mines <laughs> cool 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 adrian thank you for coming by to re-record this episode yeah just don't let it happen again uh i definitely will. <laughs> all right big uh big facts no cappuccino Big fact. If you make a mistake, own up to it, and then manipulatively bring up all the times the other person's made a mistake to kind of divert attention away from your mistake. No cap. Hey, we all make mistakes, you know? And that's just gonna happen. Especially with Paul and Adrian. (laughs) So, uh, if you're a fan of this show, you're also a fan of some very flawed human being. Baby. Alright. Let's get out of here. Let's get out. Bye. My face is the front of shop. My face is the real shop front. My shop is the face I front. I'm real when I shop my face.